Welcome to the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast. And now your host, Eyal Levy. Welcome to the URM Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. It's crazy to think that we are now on our seventh year. Don't ask me how that all just flew by, but it did. Man, time moves fast. And it's only because of you, the listeners. If you'd like us to stick around another seven years, and there's a few simple things you can do that would really, really help us out. I would endlessly appreciate if you would, number one, share our episodes with your friends. Number two, post our episodes on your Facebook and Instagram and tag me at Levy URM Audio and at URM Academy and, of course, our guest. And number three, leave us reviews and five-star reviews wherever you can. We especially love iTunes reviews. Once again... Thank you for all the years and years of loyalty. I just want you to know that we will never charge you for this podcast, and I will always work as hard as possible to improve the episodes in every single way. All we ask in return is a share, a post, and tag us. Oh, and one last thing. Do you have a question you would like me to answer on an episode? I don't mean for a guest. I mean for me. It can be about anything. Email it to me at al at urm.academy. That's E-Y-A-L at U-R-M dot A-C-A-D-E-M-Y. There's no dot com on that. It's exactly the way I spelled it. And use the subject line, answer me al. All right, let's get on with it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the URM podcast. Our guest today is... Actually, you know, the type of story, which is why URM exists, like we exist for stories like these. This is what we hope for anybody that signs up for URM. So uh, our guest is Ben Johnson, who's a producer, musician, engineer, and a URM alumni, basically, been part of the URM community for a long time, who uh, I've seen go from, you know, the local scene to working for Andrew Wade and then working for Will Putney and Machine. And, you know, he's assisted and worked with artists such as Fit for an Autopsy, The Ghost Inside, A Day to Remember, Counterparts, and many, many more. Good episode. Here goes. Ben Johnson, welcome to the URM podcast. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. So uh, lots happened in the past few years. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. There's definitely been a roller coaster even since COVID. And I can't complain. I've actually gotten busier through COVID. I know a lot of people had a hard time, you know, with um, all the things that were going on. But I've luckily found myself in a pretty good position. So I can't complain. So I want to talk about kind of like how you went from basically being a local band session drummer to this steady progression in the actual industry. Um, and just to be clear, like, I feel like there's two industries, right? There's the local industry, which is like, cool. Lots of people work in the local industry, wedding bands, local bands, sessions, lessons, things like that. Then there's the record industry. It's two different things. It seems like you made the move from the local music industry to the record industry in the past few years. Um, and I noticed that you were starting to get more work as a session drummer, kind of like right before you started working with Andrew Wade. But then suddenly you're working for Andrew Wade, and then suddenly you're working for Will Putney, and uh, it all happened really, really fast. So I want to talk about how did that even happen? It probably goes back. I've played music my entire life. I started on drums way back when. And then when I was in local bands, you know, when I was in my band back in like the early 2000s, 
I've always kind of been on the songwriting side of things. I've always been very heavy handed. So it's not like I was just on the drumming side, you know, but also too, it helps with my way of looking at drums. Um, I look at them as a song, like as a songwriter, what can I do to make the song better as opposed to I'm not being paid by the beat. So like how, how far can I get this? So I've always kind of had that side, you know, but drums were kind of like the catalyst. And so then, you know, I was working you know, I, ha- I was doing the drum stuff in Orlando and then behind the closed doors, I was, I was learning to, to kind of mix. That's how I found you guys through URM way back in like late 2017, I think it was. And I was trying to write a record for myself. I, this was probably, I'd been wanting to do this since like 2006 after all the band stuff kind of went to hell and, you know, I had to start over and I always wanted to do this, but technology wasn't where it is now. And when I finally, you know, got to the point where I think really what changed it was, you know, I have a 14 year old now, you know, I was, I'm a single dad. And so like the band thing, I, I can't go out on the road and live, you know, 300 days a year. And so I'm like, you know, let me get on the side of how can I get with music and how can I write and all these kind of things. And so like behind, behind the scenes, I was writing with, some friends with their bands and stuff. And then I'm like, you know what? I actually have an opportunity to be in everybody's band. And so it kind of naturally progressed to that. You know, I was working a corporate job, the nine to five, you know, for years. But the minute I would get off of work, I would go home and I would literally work eight, 10, 12 hours again on music stuff. And so it actually kind of just got to the point where the demand kind of moved in. I don't really... I know that that when I first met you in person, when we were down at the URM, the summit down in Orlando, the last one you had there, that was, that was definitely a key moment because it kind of gave me uh, a clear vision of like, okay, all right, there's two things that can separate the musician side and like the producer and the songwriter side of things. Was that 2017 or 18? That was 2018, I believe, because I didn't go to your first one. Mm. I think I just joined and I think it was like a week before you guys were going to that and I'm like I'm not going to crash your party even though you're 10 minutes down the road but I think it was you know and so like I kind of got to that point and then it, it it just moved over into being able to to write with bands and you know so I was kind of doing that and then when I, it's funny, like I tried to get in with Wade for probably about a year he wouldn't return any calls didn't see my messages you know when he'd be like hey I'm looking for an intern and then April of 2019 was kind of where it started. That's where I cut ties with the corporate job that I was doing and went into music full time. And it was like three months later, a bunch of friends tagged me in one of his posts and he was looking for an intern and he hit me up almost immediately. Hey, I'd love to have you. Can you start tomorrow morning? And the rest is history. I was supposed to be there maybe like three weeks and I ended up being there almost four months. What do you think it was that made him actually pay attention this time? It definitely helped. I had four or five friends that personally tagged me in the post. I don't know. It might've been too, just I'm a big believer of like timing. And so like, even if I would have got the job, like if he would have offered it, like I would have been in the middle of kind of like, what do I do? Do I quit my job or do I have this? Cause there's no way I'd have been able to do both. So I think kind of timing was a thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I don't, I don't think he actually had any time to really do a background on me. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I don't know that 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 would be for him to answer on that one. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I know, you know, I'm just, I'm down to do whatever I'm open. I'm honest. And so I pretty much, Hey, ready to go. So, 
you know, obviously he saw something and the rest is history. So I can't complain, man. I love that guy. He's awesome. What was your approach down there to not getting uh, basically booted immediately? You know what? It's being able to read the room and being able to shut up. And I know that's a hard thing for me because I talk way too much, but just, I love being a fly on the wall. Let me just watch what's going on. Kind of like, I'd say, you know, being able to get the vibe of what's going on, not being in the way and kind of knowing where to get in and out. I think that definitely helped. But also too, I come from the musician side of things. And so I actually relate with the bands and know what they're going through. And I've worked with bigger producers in the past. And, you know, so I kind of get that. So it's like, I look at things definitely on the psychological side. And I think that's a lot more important than like physical or like, you know, your skills on that kind of thing, because you definitely don't want to be that third weird wheel in the room that just makes everybody uncomfortable. Cause I think that if you have that, it's not going to work. That's a weird thing too, to try to explain to people. Cause I feel like they're usually not aware that they're doing it when they're doing it. No, that's true. And I think with anything, awareness is the biggest thing that you need to have. Yeah. It's just easier said than done. A hundred percent. I just I think some people don't realize how weird they come off. And I don't think that you need to be like the band members, but you need to be able to read the band members and read the producer. Yeah. You got to, you just got to be able to be a people person to read because nobody's the same. Like, but yeah, I think being able to read the room, understand the vibe, know where your place is, but also to, you know... Um, I think some of that comes with age. I'm not a spring chicken. I'm not in my 20s, you know? So it's like, I've been around the block. So I think that kind of helps too, with just experience of knowing when to move in and when not to. And I'm I'm a firm believer, not in my conversations, obviously, but like to just, it's better sometimes to just shut up and just, you know, so I took hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of notes while I was there. And I still do, even here with Will, all the time I'm writing notes down. So it's like, I'm just saving these for later watching, observing. And that's how I kind of learn is by watching, not, I could read a book all day long, but I can see it happening and then see the results. And that for me works. So I think what you just said is something that actually makes a lot of people not even try is, you know, once they're into their thirties, they feel like they're too old to do this stuff. Yeah. Too old to get an internship, too old to be someone's assistant, basically too old which is bullshit. Did that ever cross your mind? I mean, there's parts of it, like definitely on the musician side of things. Cause I really do think there, and even then now though, like we're kind of seeing there's some older artists and there's some people that are having longevity and some people are starting in their late thirties. I mean, it's definitely in the back of my mind, but I don't let it, I don't care. Age is just a number. And it's like, honestly, if it wasn't for my age and it wasn't for my experience, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I wouldn't hear things the way I hear them. I wouldn't see and do, I wouldn't be me. So honestly, like, I don't hate it. Like, it's just, it is what it is. I kind of laugh. I'm like, I know I'm the old man in the room, but you know what? I don't care. Like, I'm here to learn. I'm here to do better. I'm here to help people. And, you know, I look at the bigger picture. Yeah, basically it didn't stop you. No, not at all. I don't care. I'm that asshole that'll just keep going, you know, and just... I don't, I don't let any kind of superficial things. Cause I know like it, that's just in my head. You know, there's, there's people you look at like some actors, I think, I don't know if like Samuel L. Jackson, like he was 
probably in his 40s or don't quote me on that, but I know like there's a few other people that like literally make their break like later in life to where just go for it, man. That, that's where literally my saying, just do the damn thing. It's like, I can make up every excuse in the world why I shouldn't do this, why I shouldn't be able to get where I want to go. I can give you every, oh, my age, oh, I live here, or this or that. But it's like, it's a bunch of bullshit in my mind. It's like, you can stop yourself in your mind before you go. And I don't deal with what ifs. I'd rather try and fail and know for sure and just go for it. And it'll be what it'll be. Yeah, totally. Well, I think that like those types of like uh, imposter syndrome ideas or just deciding you're too old or whatever, like those things that people tell themselves, they're a very elegant way to disguise procrastination and not having the fortitude to basically try things. But like, if you say I'm too old and you decide that that's true, then, well, you didn't have to try and get your ass handed to you. Um, it saves you from that. And it wasn't going to happen anyways. If you actually believe that it's too old, it was, I'm too old. It wasn't going to happen anyways. It's a clever way to get out of having to put yourself out there. I think. A hundred percent. I think too, a lot of people are looking for excuses on why they can't do something or why they shouldn't be. And I, I agree with you there. It's where it's like, if you say you're too old, then you're too old because you think like that. And you, I, I tell people all the time, careful what you wish for, what you say, because you'll will some shit into action. And it's like, and if you say you're too old, then look, you, you know, you're going to not try. You're going to have every excuse not to do it. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it has nothing to do with age. It has to do with your outlook of you not trying, not going for it, not doing it. And I think too, it's like, it's the excuses of why it's somebody else's. Everybody loves excuses. Nobody wants to look inward and be like, why is this? And most people don't want to change. And, and that's, I think, between those two and having the excuses, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. And then the, the problem I see with that is, it, and it might not necessarily be a big thing, but it starts small. So it's like, oh, I can't do this because of this. And see, I was right. And then when you get into that negative mindset, then you're looking for things like whether you're a positive person or a negative person, your mentality at that moment, I feel you're looking for something to, to align or to give you feedback on why you can't do something or why you can do something. And if you look hard enough, you will always find something to validate your negativity or positivity, you know? And I think more than negative, I think people get stuck on that because they look, oh, I can't do this or, oh, I don't have enough money or my kid's doing this or my family that, or I don't have a girl, whatever. Like, but the excuses I think are a dangerous thing because it'll happen. And then if you do that too many times, then that negative horrible outlook on life just becomes a thing. And then it just spirals and you're like, you know what? I'm not worth shit because look at this, this happens and this, I've met too many people like that. I can't deal with that. I'm not that person. I'm psycho. I'll go, I'll tell you, Hey, I'm going to go do this. And I swing for defenses. And if I don't make it, so what, but it's, I'm not going to say that I can't do anything. But I think also too, you know, for me, the biggest outlook when I was 18, I broke my neck. I was right out of high school. It, I was a wild person. It was, Things were going crazy and it, it brought me back down to zero and it made So how'd you do that? I was, I, my parents were out of town. Um, it was Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I, I know I, the story is already starting great. Yeah. You know, but no, um, I, I ended up, we were, we had a buddy that was going to Europe to be a professional boxer and we were having fun that night and we were drawing names in a hat, ended up like boxing for fun 
turned into wrestling. Florida, three in the morning, grass gets wet. I put him in a headlock. He slips backwards. I couldn't get out in time and literally just jams my head straight down. I broke my second vertebrae, ended up having surgery like three days later. It was insane. But like, honestly, that was key for like, like my outlook because people now they're afraid to do stuff for this. Like I'm afraid not to do it because I've been so close to never walking again or never being able to, you know, like there was part of it. It was like, it was close. It was either dying or quadriplegic. Cause I broke the same thing as Christopher Reeve. That was Superman, you know, way back. And like, I, I see that perspective on life to where it's like, I want to do a lot of stuff and nobody ever says on their deathbed, I wish I could sleep more, you know, like they wish they would have done that. Like it's always something that they wish they would have done that they never did. And so that's where like a lot of this, I just go for it. And it's just like, life is too short to sit here and be like, no, I can't do that. And it's like, if you don't believe in you, why the fuck should I? Fair enough. But again, it's one of those things where I think the stories that people tell themselves end up becoming the truth pretty much. Agreed. So if they tell themselves it's not worth trying, I'm too old, I shouldn't do this, it's for other people, I just feel like such an imposter, like whatever, any of that bullshit, it just ends up coming true. And I actually think that fear or urgency are some of the best motivators. Like uh, if you've had a brush with death, um, or are afraid of losing everything or, you know, there's some, some big bad thing that you can use. I'm not trying to take any of that lightly at all, but I actually think that it's the best motivator out there. The more severe the alternative is, the more motivating it is to do something. No, I agree with it. It's the fight or flight, you know, and you'll see what you're made of real quick when you get to those tough moments where you're like, oh, hell, like here it goes. Yeah, when you get to that point where you, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, so that said, when you got to Andrews, did you have in your mind this could end at any moment? I didn't. I had just assumed in the back of my mind, all right, a couple of weeks because it seemed like that was the turnover. Nothing to do with you. So this is not personal. Again, nothing to do with you, but that's what I expected just because that's what's normal. Most people wash out about that quick. Yeah. I don't think we even talked about how long I was going to be there until like two months. Like it just happened. I just kept showing up every day and I just did what I had to do. And I wanted to learn. That's the thing is like, I've been driven. I'm self-motivated. So I wanted to learn. And so I don't care what I got to do or whatever. I just, just go with the flow. And if it was two weeks, great. It was two weeks. If it was two months, whatever. And like, I just go with the flow and I really didn't have any expectations. I kind of, you know, in the back of my mind, I was waiting for it. Then it never came. And then me and him hit it off. And before you know it, like I was, like I said, I was there almost like four months, but I definitely didn't see that coming. Didn't know what to expect, but really didn't ask. So I'm like, I just went and just did my thing. It's uh, it's funny what just putting your head down and doing the work will uh, will result in. Yeah, it's amazing how that works. Instead, of it, yeah, I don't know. Like the, I'm definitely one to where I'll just you just got to do what you got to do to get it. I don't care who's looking. I don't care who's watching. This is what needs to be done, and that. And it's like it was an opportunity of a lifetime for me because I know Wade's an amazing dude, smart as hell. Like seriously, very underestimated. I know people give him a lot of credit, but dude is smart as hell. Yeah, they don't know how. Yeah, he gets a lot of credit, but but also I think people don't realize. Uh, what level he's playing at brain power wise. No, not at all. No, nope. no, he's on a, he's, he's definitely on a, on another level for sure. Yeah. It's uh people like that 
I know a few of them. You kind of just have to like quickly understand what your role is around them and just be cool with it or not. But like people like that are kind of like, they're like forces in nature, basically. Like they're not really changeable and they're brilliant. Oh, for sure. And they, they just are. And that was honestly, I think that was the key to where it's like, there's no show with him. He's just him and that's it. And I think that's, that's what I think so many people miss because they're trying to be somebody else. They're trying to be something and they're not just saying, hey, I'm, this is me. I'm this person and that's it. I'm just being true. This is real. Yeah, exactly. Hey, everybody. If you're enjoying this podcast, then you should know that it's brought to you by URM Academy. URM Academy's mission is to create the next generation of audio professionals by giving them the inspiration and information to hone their craft and build a career doing what they love. You've probably heard me talk about Nail the Mix before, and if you're a member, you already know how amazing it is. At the beginning of the month, Nail the Mix members get the raw multi-tracks to a new song by artists like Lamb of God, Angels and Airwaves, Knock Loose, Opeth, Meshuggah, Bring Me the Horizon, Gojira, Asking Alexandria, Machine Head, and Papa Roach, among many, many others. Over 60 at this point. Then at the end of the month, the producer who mixed it comes on and does a live streaming walkthrough of exactly how they mix the song on the album and takes your questions live on air. And these are guys like TLA, Will Putney, Jens Bogren, Dan Lancaster, Tui Madsen, Andrew Wade, and many, many more. You'll also get access to MixLab, which is our collection of dozens of bite-sized mixing tutorials that cover all the basics as well as Portfolio Builder, which is a library of pro-quality multitracks cleared for use in your portfolio so your career will never again be held back by the quality of your source material. And for those of you who really want to step up their game, we have another membership tier called URM Enhance, which includes everything I already told you about and access to our massive library of fast tracks, which are deep super detailed courses on intermediate and advanced topics like gain staging, mastering, low end, and so forth. It's over 500 hours of content, and man, let me tell you, this stuff is just insanely detailed. Enhanced members also get access to one-on-ones, which are basically office hour sessions with us, and Mix Rescue, which is where we open up one of your mixes and fix it up and talk you through exactly what we're doing at every step. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, if you're ready to level up your mixing skills in your audio career, head over to urm.academy to find out more. I do think that in order to survive this, you kind of need to be cool to understand that personality type or that uh, the high-powered types and know how to give them their space, but then also know how to be useful towards them. So it's like this interesting blend of helping them when they need help, even if they don't say they need help, but also knowing when to get the fuck out of the way. Right. No, that's, that's the key. There is like, some people are like overzealous and they try to do too much and then they do exactly that. Oh yeah. They try to do way too much. You know, I'll be the first one to admit I, if I don't know something or I know how to do something, I'll tell you, you know, I don't, I don't have any shame. Well, look, that's good. That's different. If you don't know how to do something, You should say it because the worst is when someone says, yeah, I got it and they don't got it. No. In my experience as someone that hires people, I've been like, I've been like the boss of things for a long time in my life at this point. I was always like the band leader and most working situations in my life, I've kind of been 
the person that chooses other people. From my perspective, one of the quickest ways to get on the outs with me, once this happens, it's hard for me to forget this. Um, if someone says, yeah, I got this, and they're lying because they're afraid to let me know they don't know this, like, I've basically lost trust in working with them. Now, if they tell me they don't know something, that's fine. We'll help them. Like, dude, Nick didn't know very much at all about filming when URM hired him. We helped him develop into what he is today. I mean, he's his work ethic is fucking insane, but he wasn't what he is now in terms of being able to film. Like, we saw a personality and a type of character and a set of traits that you could help turn into something. And now, if he had come in and he had said, yeah, I got this, like... I can, I'm fucking expert. I'm the shit when it comes to filming. And then wasn't, we would have never invested in him at all. Like it would have been over so quick. So like that to me is a perfect example of like, it doesn't matter to me if someone doesn't know something, if they're upfront about it, it's better to just say you don't know something. Also, like if you hire somebody to do something, if you hire a producer or you hire a contractor, you hire anybody and uh, they say, I don't know, I'll get back to you though. Cool. Because I don't think anybody expects anybody else to know everything. So better to say it, just say it. It's all good. Also, most of the producers I've had on here who hire people as far as like assistants or take on interns, I always ask them what they'd prefer. Someone that has the right personality, but doesn't know shit or someone who like has graduated from school knows all the stuff, but is wrong personality. And without fail, they always say, I'd rather have someone that doesn't know anything, but is the right person. Cause I can just teach them. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause you can't change somebody that's going to pass the blame or lie or not be upfront. And it's funny you say that too. Cause it's like, I had, I had one of those moments, you know, cause like, and I think that's what Wade was having the problem with is because in the back, in our backyard, you know, there's the one school that's there and he was getting a lot of interns that were coming from there and it was exactly <laughs> oh god yeah. <laughs> you know the- the, i mean when i lived in florida that happened to me too but uh, yeah right you know because it becomes it's like there's like this sense of entitlement that oh i i read a book on this and we did these things and i'm coming from this place and i think that's kind of like what gives that place a bad rap is because of how people think it does and hey producers you want urm people like long story short, I am hundred percent agree. URM people are who you want. A hundred percent agree. Cause they're there to, you know, to learn, they want to do, you know, and it's on a wholly different level. Um, you know, I had one of those moments. So, you know, two months in with Wade, um, I was, that was where I found out probably like two weeks before he was like, Hey, this guy, Will Putney's coming down from Jersey and he's going to do, these couple of, you know, he's working with the data remember and he's doing, you know, some stuff. So he's coming down and Wade was like, well, you're technically an intern of the audio compound. You can kind of help out and do, you know, so I kind of got it. And that's a whole another story. But um, there was one moment, you know, just to stay on topic, what we were just talking about of admitting when something you can't do anything. I remember. So the first day Will comes down, it was closed door sessions. Nobody was in there. Second day, some stuff happened. By nobody, did that mean you weren't in there either? Correct. Yeah, it was Will. It was Kevin Scaff. It was Neil Westfall and it was Jeremy McKinnon. 
That was it. It was the four of them. Um, Saturday morning comes, Will comes down and, you know, just met him. And so Wade takes Saturdays off. So there's nobody there. So I just come in, come in with Will that morning. He's like, dude, I hate to bother you. I have a flat tire on my car, like on my rental. I'm starting day one. I don't know what to do. So literally go down. Ends up being like a four-hour debacle. I don't even bother him. They wouldn't approve the tire because it was a nail on the side. The rental car wouldn't do it. Firestone wouldn't approve it. So I'd be sitting there like still probably if I wouldn't have done this. I, I looked up the local, like the budget rental place or whatever, went down there. I'm like, this isn't even my car. I'm not this person, but this is some bullshit. This is crap. Literally got a new car right there on the spot. I come back and they're about to go to lunch and I come back in a brand new car and I'm like, you're not in that thing anymore. You have this now. And it's like, what that? I'm like, we will talk about it. He's like, Hey, we're headed to lunch. You want to come with us? And so I ended up coming. It was me, Will, like I said, and the three guys from a day to remember. And we went to lunch. And when we came back, I was like, Hey dude, you know, nobody's here. And you know, can I be a fly on the wall and just sit and just watch? And he's like, absolutely. And ever since then I was in there every day. I was the only other one. I was like the, the fifth guy coming in. And then a week later, ghost inside comes in. But I think where there was the one moment is I think it was day three. Jeremy comes in with, he had like this Neve, like two channel console from like vintage King, this whole expensive thing. And Will comes in and he's like, all right, we're setting up vocals for Jeremy to do some stuff demo. And he's like, I need you to run the mic into the Neve, into this and into the stretcher and the blue stripe and all this kind of stuff. And my heart sank right then and there. I'm like, Oh shit. I'm like, cause I'm in the box. I have a two channel interface. I don't know anything about analog stuff. I could lie, but no, I don't. And so I literally in front of the data remember, I'm like, well, I don't know how to do what you just asked me. And he's like, mm-hmm. dude, thank you so much for telling me looks over at the guys say, Hey, give me, give me a minute. And then he proceeded to show me how it was done. Hey, this is what you're doing. This is what we're doing here. And then he's like, thank you for telling me that you don't know what you're doing because I've had some people in the past that have acted like they know what they're doing and screwed up and it broke some stuff. And he's like, they didn't work here anymore. And it was just that quick. I'm like, that's where like, I don't have any shame to tell you. Like if I knew it all, I wouldn't be interning at a studio in my mid thirties trying to learn and trying to do stuff. So it's like, I know my place, but I'm willing to admit, Hey, I can't do this. I'm out of my things. And I think that kind of, you know, that moment right there, that's just me. I'll I'll be the first one to tell you, Hey, that that moment right there probably is like, the like the fork in the road yeah probably you know i i didn't think of it at the moment i'm just me and i can't not be me so i'm, I'm an open book too much you know it's where i'll just tell you so if i don't know shit i'm gonna be the first one to tell you i don't know it dude that would have been the fork in the road with me if that was me and my session and i asked you to do something it was day one in an important session and uh you were like cool and then you fucked it up because you didn't know what you were doing like that's it it would end right there whereas if you were like i don't know how to do this can you help me with it i've been like the same thing as will just been like hey guys uh give me 15 minutes and i would have shown you how to do it and i would have known i would have like taken note that like you didn't waste my time but and embarrass me by like fucking something up you just told me like dude no one is gonna judge if you say you don't know how to do something and ask for help, that's that's a thing. It, it actually is going to work in your favor, just like it did. I guarantee you that that w- like will noted that 
and you, I guarantee you that that played a big factor in why you work for him now. You're probably right. I didn't even think about it at the time. I just, I don't know what I'm doing. Guaranteed. Yeah, right on. Guaranteed. <laughs> well, I have to ask him when we're done with it. No, I'm just kidding. I won't ask him. But <laughs> no, you don't need to. I'm no, telling I don't. You, like, yeah, exactly. I, like, yeah. I would bet money on that that moment right there was like a huge part of it right there. Right on. And I think it's just people have this necessity to like oversell themselves and like think it's like, like they live and die off of their rip on that kind of thing. It just to me, like I said, I, I don't care. Like if I don't know something, I'm going to tell you, like, I don't know what I'm doing and that's it. And it's, it's just that simple. It's like that doesn't. And, and I think that's like the psychology behind it because people feel that if they don't know something, they're inferior. And it's like, it's not really the case. It's like, nobody knows everything. You have to learn it to go through it. Now, it's one thing if he teaches me that or somebody teaches you something and then 15 times down the road, you're still doing it wrong. There's no patience for that either. That's a whole other situation though. Oh, a hundred percent, you know, but I think, you know, the thing is, is like getting, you know, being able to admit that, you know, and you don't, it's not a knock on your, you personally, it's not a knock on your ego, but I really think a lot of people think it is. And that's where I think they try to protect it. And then they end up doing way more damage than good. And then they don't have that insight like we were talking about earlier to see where they messed up. So they never change that. And then they just keep repeating the same mistakes over and over. Yeah. You got to be willing to learn the stuff too. You don't know. Like if you don't know something and you ask for help and it's like a known thing, you don't know how to do this thing, say on Monday, people are assuming that you're going to go learn it. And the next time it comes up, you better know it. That's the other side of this coin, basically. It's like, yeah, if you admit that you don't know something and ask for help, that's great. That works in your favor. But if you then don't, like, actually learn it after that conversation happens and, like, know how to do it in a reasonable amount of time, then it's going to work against you. Yeah, it comes back the other way, 100%. Yeah, you have to basically... Uh, close the loop on that issue by then actually doing the work to acquire that skill. No, agreed. You know, and, and I think too, like, you know, that's why I love like your guys is like the Facebook group, you know, the, the private group that's in there in URM is because like private producers club. Yes. Fuck yeah. You know, and it's like when we, you know, when I first joined, like I was asking all the jackassy questions. I don't care, man. And, and dude, I got a lot of, that's how I kind of like, there are no jackassy questions. You say that, oh, yeah, there are. <laughs> but no, you know, um, no, I think like I ended up having a lot of people cause I've, I've always been up front. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm older. I don't care. Whatever this, that, it, like I said, we talk, it's, it's just a number, but you know, I'd find people and I would ask questions. And then a lot of people would be like, dude, thank you so much for asking this. We've had this question for a long time, but we've never gone and asked, you know, we've never done. And so like, like if I need to know something, I'm looking it up. Thank God for Google. Like Man, I don't even know where I'd be if I grew up in the YouTube thing. I sure as hell wouldn't be watching other people playing games all days, like every damn kid in, in this world nowadays. Like, I would be, how can I learn this? How can I learn that? Like, I've always been like a sponge of trying. How can I get better? How can I get better what I'm doing? Where can I kind of go? And so, you know, I've just been kind of motivated to always do that. So I think that's the thing too, is like, you know, if you have the person that can admit when they're not doing something great, but if they don't have the drive to really give a shit about what they're doing or what they don't know to do it, then that's going to show too. And then it's only going to be a matter of time where you're still out the door, you know, just because there's, there, there's no room for that. No, there's definitely 
no room for that. So you're helping with Will, and this is a big opportunity. You may not have been thinking of it as I'm going to end up working for Will, but you had to know that this is like a big deal. Oh, for sure. Those four months, man, dude, work. And and honestly, I'll be, I'm thankful that it worked out like that because I got to watch Wade work on two records. And then I got to watch Will work with two bands. You know, he worked a week with the day to remember. And then he did um, about five and a half weeks um, of pre-pro finishing up for the, the ghost inside record that came out back in 2020, you know, their return and watching the two to where it's like, there was so many similarities between Wade and Will, but then there's so many differences. And so being able to pick and and see and be able to watch that and just be the fly on the wall. Like I have so many notes from back then. And it was just like, that was a key moment being able to see what that level and that distance. So even if that was just it, I would have totally been, you know, that changed me. I ended up producing a record not too long after that, that ended up like charting on some of the billboard stuff. And like, I wouldn't have been able to do what I was doing on that record. If I wouldn't have had those four months there, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah, the, those guys couldn't be more different in terms of personality and, like, musical, I guess, mm-hmm. visions. But the thing that I think they have that's the same is standards. Yes. Standards and level of seriousness. Um, I don't mean, like, sense of humor and joking around. I mean, the seriousness that goes into the work itself and the standards People don't understand how high the standards are at that level until they actually witness it, I think. I even had no clue. I'm like, holy shit. How would you know until you see it? That's the yeah. thing. Like, you don't know until you're no. there. I know it was the same for me. Like, I, until I was in the room, like, Colin Richardson was my first, like, big-time mixer that I was around. I had been around some good mixers before that, but never S-tier. I spent three weeks with him when he mixed the Doth record. It was like, okay, this is playing at a whole other level. Like, this is why his shit sounds great. It's this level of seriousness and the standards. It's just, you just don't know how high those standards are till you see it, I think. A hundred percent. Like, I can't put words on it. That's where, like, even with, like, bands, I'm like, I can't even put into words, oh, what goes into this or the attention. Like, the biggest thing, the attention to detail, too, is, like, like you said, the standards, you know, the vision and that, they're so similar. They know what's important. They know what they need. And the biggest thing is they know what they want and they trust themselves and they just go and they do it. I think too many people... You know, I think the biggest key too is like, all right, I, I saw these guys, I saw how they worked and I saw the key points. And I think if I would have worked with maybe Wade separately and then that would have just been it, or if I would have worked with Will separately, that would have just, you know, it would have been great. But at the same time, but being able to see both back to back and the same thing and put those kind of things and connect the dots like that, it was key. And it's like, that is such a huge thing. You know, once you see it, that's why I tell people, once you see it, I can't not see it. You know, it's like, that's just now the way the same thing with, you know, getting up here when I moved up to work with Will, um, Holy shit. You want to talk about just eye opening? Like the first week we talk about imposter syndrome. I'm like, why the hell am I here? But, you know, at the same time, it's like learning it, seeing it once you see what goes into it and seeing the process and how that kind of stuff goes. It's like that just becomes the way. And it's like, but, you know, so the attention to detail is there. But then 
I'm still trusting me because I don't care. I'm not Wade. I'm not trying to be him. I don't give a shit about that. I'm not Will. I'm not trying to be him. You know, I'm me and I know that I'm going to make my things. And that, I think that's one of the biggest things that I got out of that internship was Wade is Wade and Will is Will. And that's all there is to it. The attention to detail and all that kind of stuff like we were discussing is the similarities, but then they're their own individual. And then that's what kind of defines their own path. Yeah, totally. Those how it's done courses we put out are basically, unless people get into a situation like you did or I did where you can actually be there, that's like the only chance you're going to get to see how these people work. And it is really, really crucial to get to see how these people work because again, you're just not going to learn it on your own. There's a lot you can learn on your own. And like, this is me saying this, like having a business that teaches people how to do it. There's only so much that you can get from the internet or from running a local studio or whatever. There's, you can get pretty far with that stuff, but to really, really, really take that shit to the next level, you have to get it from someone that is doing it that level. Basically, there's two options. Like either you can find a way to watch what they're doing or you can find a way to put yourself there. Now, the problem with putting yourself there is that it's borderline impossible because there's only like a handful of people who will ever work for one of these producers over the course of their career. You know, the watching it on how it's done isn't necessarily as good as being there in person. But at the same time, the other thing is uh, you can rewind it. So if you don't know how to do something, you can figure it out on your own timeline. And, you know, you don't have to ask multiple times. Uh, like if someone explains something, you didn't get it. You don't have to then ask Will Putney to explain it again and then explain it again right? and then explain it again, which could get you fired. That's just as irritating. Yep. <laughs> I'm just saying this because like people are, I'm not trying to like make, do a shameless plug, but people are going to be listening to this and going to be like, awesome, but I'm never going to have this opportunity. And that's actually true. Most people won't. I mean, it's just a numbers thing. Like there aren't enough great producers out there that have enough openings for all of the people who are going to want to do that. So while I think that anyone with the right skills and personality and character traits could do it, only a few will do it just because of the math involved with it. That doesn't mean that that's the only way to advance. And so you got to figure out some way to learn what it is that people who play at those levels are doing. Like you, Because you're not going to figure it out on your own. There's a reason for why great producers always had a mentor or just a, almost always had a mentor. For sure. Like, and that's the thing, like, you know, machines, a buddy, you know, like will came up under machine. Like, dude, how many people came up under machine? Dude, he's killing Cervini, will Josh Wilbur, like so many. It's crazy. Dude is a legend. I love him. You know, but that's the thing is like people come under that, you know, like it's either, it's one of the two things. It seems like it's either you're at the right place at the right time. And you know, a band maybe comes up or you come up under somebody. And I think a lot of it, the, the, the better chance sometimes for the longevity is to come up under somebody. So you kind of see that and you get that experience. And if you're willing to listen and kind of understand, you know, cause you can learn so much, like I said, just listening, everybody wants to talk. Like I said, I'll be the first one to talk way too much, but at the same time, like I try to shut up as much as I can. 
I enjoy being the dumbest in the room here. I love it. For the last year and a half, I'm the dumbest in the room and it's fantastic. I have so many notes that are making me not as dumb. And that's all there is to it. Like trying to learn, trying to see, trying to do, you know, just trying to be better. And so thankfully I have, you know, I have Wade, I got Will, I got Machine, you know, and I got a few other people, you know, that I could reach out to that literally have been around the game that are amazing. That I can get feedback that I know somebody that gets it. That's on a higher level that will shoot me straight and not just give me a bunch of crap that they think is this or that they are literally giving me feedback from actual experience. Yeah. Makes a huge, huge difference. Joey Sturges, he, tr- he did it himself. There's a few freaks out there. Absolutely. But it, like his style is so unconventional. It's so strange. He just kind of invented his own way of doing things and it happens to work. And it's, you know, very much his own thing. And there's a few people like that out there. But I would urge people not to think that they're one of those people. Right. Just because it's like, it's a total outlier kind of scenario. You know, like if you happen to have seven fingers and decide to become a guitar player... You might have some advantages, but like you shouldn't, you shouldn't think that you just have those mental gifts that someone like Joey does. Like you should assume that you're a normal person with like normal gifts who can do great things, but you're going to need to, you're going to need to learn how to do it and you're going to need to get as much help as possible and keep your head down and just uh, get help from the right people. I think that that's like the healthiest approach to learning how to do this. Um, and the most realistic approach too. And if you happen to be a genius like Joey, then fuck yeah, cool. Right. Yeah. There's not that many people like that. No. But you know what? Like one thing that stuck out though, and I, I preach this to my bands, I preach this to any artists that I'm working with and, you know, some friends that are producers is the key that you said was Joey focused on him and his sound and what he liked and his thing. Like, and I think that's the key is like so many people, like it's, it's cool to learn all this stuff, but I see so many people like, what would Will Putney do? What would Machine do? What would Wilbur do? Like all these people. And it's like, at the same time, it's like, that's the thing is like, that was one of my aha moments. Cause I watch Will write. It's not my place. I don't say anything. So any writing sessions that are here, the bands aren't hiring me for it. So I'm shutting up. I'm just in the room and I'm listening and my brain is working. I'm like, Oh, I would have maybe done this, but Oh, you know what? I would have had this and maybe like this. And there's really no right or wrong answer, but that I think what's great about that is that fact is I don't come in my sessions. What would he do? Like, I just go with my natural intuition and I focus on being the best me. And then I learn, you know, I use the resources that I have, the knowledge and all that kind of stuff to be better and, you know, the tools. But then I still, at the end of the day, focus on and I trust kind of like my judgment and I'm just being the best me and I'm finding it. People are coming to me. They're like, you have a sound that we like this. And this is, this is why we're coming to you. And it's like, all right, there it is. You know, it's like, I'm, I don't care about being anybody else. Cause I'm not them. I'm just me, you know, my experience, my influence, me being a drummer, I'm going to have more powerful drums. You can tell the guitar, you know, producers, you could tell the this, you know, and maybe that's it. Maybe it's not, but that's how their ear hears it. That's how they like it. That's what they do. And that's, what's awesome about that. You know, I've, I've heard you guys talk about this, you know, some of the live streams, different things to where people just focus on being them and where you miss the boat is you're trying to be someone you're not. Cause at the end of the day, you're going to question everything and you're not going to really be genuine with what you're doing because you're not being you. Yeah. I mean, one thing is at the very beginning, you don't know anything, so you copy. 
Of course. I did it. I'm guilty. <laughs> I mean, everyone does that. That's. I think that's fine. Probably should do that at the very beginning. Same as like when learning an instrument, writing songs and stuff. The first few songs that you write are going to be like ripoffs of what you're listening to and who you're majorly influenced by because you don't know anything else. But very quickly, very quickly, your own personality should start to kind of steer the ship. And also, I don't think that that should take much effort. No. Like, I think that your own personality, that is who you are. So at a certain point, once you get those first few things out of the way, you kind of know what you're doing a little bit. Um, at that point, your focus should just be on getting better. And your own thing will develop as a result of it. And that's all you need to worry about. Like, you don't need to worry about what somebody else is doing or sounds like because you'll never be them anyways. No. It's pointless. And that's going back to like the imposter syndrome that you were mentioning earlier is, is people can fake themselves out because they're not this level or, oh, my mix doesn't sound like this or those songs are better and mine aren't and all this. And so then they tell themselves that they're not good enough or they feel inferior. And I think, and that's kind of that roadblock for most people because they're like, oh, well, I'm not that person. So I'm not good enough. Therefore, my personal judgment is not good enough. And I think that stops so many people and it honestly it, it's this fictitious bullshit thing that shouldn't stop you from doing it because it's like at the end of the day you're going to be you and you're going to make those little things and that's what makes the world go round you know it's like don't be afraid of being who you are like, like you said we all copy you know from the beginning hey how's this person do that but like you said it's that natural progression to where trust yourself as you go and i think that's you know i think working with stuff like you, you're starting out like you know me mixing when i started out there's no way i'd be doing what i'm doing right now because i wasn't there i didn't need it and so you can't just go from a jumping to f you can't get to the end thing without going through the steps through the process and like you got to go through those hard times but then you got to be able to look inside you what is your you know you got to be honest with yourself and then you also have to be able to go out on a limb and just trust yourself and get that feedback you know just because i come up with an idea and somebody likes it doesn't mean it's great just because they hate it doesn't mean it's bad you know it's that that's the creative world that we live in you know with with you know with songs and mixes and all that there's everybody has an opinion you know but what's what's the vision what's the focus what can you do you know not trying to be anybody else just solely focusing on doing the best that you can do with what you have yep i completely agree just out of curiosity if someone at URM sees what you did and it's like, I want that. Like maybe not necessarily work for Andrew Wade and then work for Will, like, but just do that. Like get into those types of situations. What should they do? Oh man, you got to be self-motivated first and foremost. And you got to be willing to put in the time and the work. Cause like you said, you guys have, there's, you guys have amazing resources online and like your fast tracks, everything like there's stuff for everyone to learn pretty much anything. But then that doesn't translate to just because you watch some videos or you've seen it a few times or done it. It doesn't translate to real world. It really comes down to, and that's where my saying, you got to do the damn thing. If you want to get better at something, you got to put in the time you want to put, you know, get better at drums. You got to play more if you want to get better at this. And so that's really what 
has happened. So like when I was working my corporate job, I was working nine to five. You know, if you're in Orlando, I was in Baldwin Park in Orlando. So it was like, we called it like the bubble life because everything, housing, you know, stores and my, my engineering firm was within two minutes driving. Like I could wake up at 747 every day, suit up, shower, get ready for work. And I could drive and be in my office by 8 a.m. And I hated my job, but it was, it gave me stability, paid the bills. It gave me insurance. It was able to, you know, I was able to be there for my son, you know, cause I just re- separated with, you know, with his mom. And so I would do my job. I would get off at five o'clock every day, 502. I was home, had bands damn near or somebody or an artist or whoever at my house pretty much seven days a week. If I didn't have my kid at like 515 every day. And I was just working when nobody was watching, when nobody cared, doing anything. I literally was just working, putting out, writing the shitty songs, making the crappy mixes, trying to get better, going back and forth. But it really is just like, you almost have to be psycho with it. If you really want to do this, it just takes time. Like I can't, it's an intangible thing, but I can't even put into words how much my ears have grown since I've moved up here and watched just sitting behind Will, watching him mix every day and just observing and listening and seeing the things and then hearing that, like you can't do it, but I'm not going to hear that if I listen to his mixes, the final product 50 times over, like I'm not going to see those moves, those little things. And so honestly, like to get to where this is, you just have to put in the work. You got to put in the time. You got to be ready for it. You know, I played music my entire life. I've been drumming for 30 plus years. I've been, I started piano when I was like five. I started hitting stuff when I was two, like music's in my blood. So this is just an extension. The reality is where age comes in, I'm not going to be 50 something years old and in some new up and coming band. Like that's just not going to happen. That's reality. But, you know, coming in really just have to, I'm able to use that experience with, you know, the music background and all those things, but really you just have to put in the time. There's no other way around it. And, you know, I wouldn't hear what I'm hearing if I wasn't putting in the work. I wouldn't be able to mix like I'm doing if I didn't put in the work because, you know, Devin Townsend told me a couple of years ago at NAS, like it was the greatest advice, but he was like, dude, songs are never finished. They're just abandoned. Write the shit so you can get to the best next one, you know, and just keep going. You have to keep going. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. I think that's a good place to end it on that note. You got to keep going. Uh, ben, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to hang out. It's been a pleasure talking to you and catching up. And congratulations on everything. It's so awesome to see somebody uh, actually ascend. Dude, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me on here, man. It's an honor to be on here. Thank you for what you do. Like I've told Joel, I don't talk to Joey, but I've, I've told Joel directly. I've told you directly. Thank you guys for what you have, what you've done, putting the things in place so people like me can have, you know, these resources and the opportunities, you know, because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be sitting where I'm at. But like I said, you got to to come in and just do it, man. So dude, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, man. Thank you very much. All right, then. Another URM podcast episode in the bag. Please remember to share our episodes with your friends, as well as post them to your Facebook and Instagram or any social media you use. Please tag me at Urm Audio at URM Academy. And of course, tag our guests as well. I mean, they really do appreciate it. In addition, 
Do you have any questions for me about anything? Email them to me at al at urm.academy. That's E-Y-A-L at U-R-M dot A-C-A-D-E-M-Y. And use the subject line, answer me, al. All right, then. Till next time, happy mixing. You've been listening to the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast. To ask us questions, make suggestions, and interact, visit urm.academy and press the podcast link today.